Hello, everybody. Welcome once again as we continue on in the series that we're doing called Naturally Supernatural. And actually, we're going to conclude this one here in the 16th week uh, of, this, uh, of this series. It, it, when I started, I didn't think I would go this long, but I kept seeing things I wanted to add to it. Um, this series has been looking at Jesus as our model for life and ministry, that he is humanity as God intended it to be, and that um, he calls us scripturally to, to do what he did. And we've said throughout this series that in order to do what he did, uh, we needed to learn to see like he saw, think like he sought, thought, serve like he served, and love like he loved. And that we also looked at the fact that he had three resources available to him that are available to us as well. And it's the resources of the Holy Spirit, prayer, and the Word. And so we used the Gospel of John as a backdrop, and we, we just started talking about encounters that Jesus had throughout the Gospel of John. We talked about the encounter he had with Nicodemus, and we saw him ministering grace to Nicodemus. Nicodemus, if you remember, was a was a political leader, he was a religious leader, one who prided himself in his works. And Jesus ministered to him by, by telling him that there was more to it than that and that his works weren't gonna make it. Uh, then we saw the encounter with the woman at the well and we saw in her you know, someone completely different from uh, Nicodemus and that Jesus ministered to her by letting her know her value, the value that God had in her, that God wanted her as a worshiper. And, and he ministered to her in that way. We saw in John 5, uh, Jesus' encounter with the uh, invalid at the pool of Bethesda. And actually, we're going to look back at this one, that one again today as we close this, uh, this, this one out. But we saw Jesus minister healing to him and then um, kind of pursue him into relationship with God. We looked in John 6 at the feeding of the 5,000, and we saw the heart of compassion that Jesus has for people and how he was giving that heart to his disciples as well. Um, we, we looked in, in John 8 at the woman caught in adultery and we saw that encounter and Jesus demonstrates to us the importance of seeing the beauty of people's potential. That sort of theme carried on in John 9 with the man born blind and, and how important it is to walk in the light of the grace that, uh, that Jesus brings into the world. And then we, we moved into there into the Last Supper and we, we see Jesus encountering his disciples at the Last Supper, and he washes their feet and tells them that life is found in service. And then we, we talked uh, in detail about the communion uh, during the Passover being introduced, and that it was, there was even more to it than the Passover meal um, that, that he was actually proposing at that point, that it moved into the uh, Jewish sort of uh, proposal ceremony and, and how that impacts us and, and how that ties in all the feasts of Israel to us and what that looks like and how Jesus has gone to prepare a place for us and is part of that process and what that means. And then we started talking about uh, the, the vineyard and, and that God is the gardener and, and, and he wants fruitful disciples, disciples uh, and also disciples. And, and uh, uh, we, we, we discussed that at length. And then we, we talked about the, the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. We talked about the importance of prayer. We talked about the, the importance of the word. Then we, we looked at Jesus' encounter with the cross and how that's central to everything that, that, that matters to us as believers and how he um, gave his perfect sinless life as a sacrifice for ours and then how he defeated death and rose again. And last week, and we looked at John 21, and we saw how Jesus 
um, after all that, goes and reinstates Peter, who had denied him, and, and how he pursues him and loves him and encourages him and tells him that even though he's messed up, the, the calling that God put on his life is still in effect, and that he was to be a fisher of men. And so we, we, we saw all that happen in, in the, uh, the course of this series that's gone on for now. We're into the 16th week. Having done all of that, I want to finish this series up by uh, talking about what I want to call naturally supernatural prayer and, and what that looks like and, and what I'm hoping to introduce to all of you as an opportunity to put into practice what we've learned over these 16 weeks. Our scripture reading today is out of John chapter 5, verses 6 and 8. Again, it's that story of the, of the invalid at the pool of Bethesda. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. And then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. And blessed be the word of the Lord. Now, this naturally supernatural prayer that I want to talk about tonight is, is about praying for people that we encounter um, in our lives, in our day-to-day -day walking around lives. And, and I kept trying to show you in these encounters that Jesus had, these were things that were happening in his walking around life. Just as he was going from one place to another and doing this or doing that, these encounters would take place. Sometimes people would come to him. Sometimes he would run into people. Sometimes he'd meet them here or he'd meet them there or he'd see them and he would minister to them. He would, he would stop. And I, I said this to you as well, that sometimes it was really just talking to people. And, and amazing things would happen. That was what some of his encounters looked like. Did that with Nicodemus and the woman at the well. It impacted their lives forever. Um, and sometimes he did um, like the feeding uh, where he, he worked a miracle but was taking care of people's physical needs. Um, we saw him with this uh, encounter where, where it was a healing that took place. And so encounters all look different um, that we have, but we need to be aware of them and that God can use us significantly in our day-to-day -day walking around lives. And that's where the idea of being naturally supernatural comes in. Sometimes we, we want to separate life and we sort of have, you know, well, this is what we do at church and then this is what we do everywhere else and we're missing... See, most of this stuff happens everywhere else. And, uh, you know, church is more about kind of getting recharged and getting fueled up to go and do this stuff and, and being ready to do it and looking with eyes to see, just like Jesus would have, and where Jesus would be, and what Jesus would be doing. Thinking like he thought, seeing like he saw, serving like he served, loving like he loved. See, we're, we need to bring all this in in practical ways. And, and so this naturally supernatural prayer that I'm going to introduce to you uh, today is, is, is not sort of the same prayer that we would do in here in church when we're ministering to people or in a sort of private setting when we have plenty of time and we can kind of hang out and and really move into people's spots. This prayer that I want to talk about today is what you do is you encounter people in situations kind of out in the streets where you don't have those sort of luxuries, where there's often a little time constraint. There's an embarrassment factor maybe for the person that you want to pray for. There's situations going on. And so uh, I want to introduce to you this very natural, supernatural prayer that you can pray for people where you encounter them if the Lord's in it, if he's leading you in it. See, that's the big deal. I'm not wanting you to go out and just sort of willy-nilly start running up to people. Um, I want you to be sensitive to the leading of the Lord and see what He's up to. And, and if you'll do that, you'll, you'll see things all the time. And it, it, it may not be constant, but it happens 
enough that, that you, can, you can get into the flow of it. So, so I have some practical steps at, at the end of this long series that I'm hoping that you'll sort of think about and embrace and maybe move into and try in your day-to-day walking around lives. So here's what we do in a naturally supernatural prayer. The first thing that we have to figure out with if we're going to pray for someone when we encounter them is what's wrong. That's point number one. Pretty good thing to know. What's wrong? John 5, 6 said, When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time. Jesus learned about this man's condition who was an invalid there at, by the pool of Bethesda. Now we don't know if it was supernatural revelation or if somebody told him about this man's condition. We don't know. It doesn't say. Could have been either. Both are valid. But, but because we're not sure, I want you to know that it's valid. And so um, sometimes you see, you, you, you have a lot of ways of, of seeing um, or maybe knowing that something's wrong with somebody that the Lord's leading to. Now sometimes it's just because people don't hide it very well and like anybody could tell they got an issue. <laughs> but other times you might see something. You might see something in their eyes. You might or you might tell by their reaction or something that something's not right. And, and, um, and so you may know, and it could be a God thing that you know, that you know one, of the, one of the gifts kicks in at that moment, you get a little word of knowledge or something about an issue. But it's very um, okay if you, you feel like the Lord is sort of tugging at you to, to encounter this person, uh, that you ask them what's wrong. That's usually the best way to get at it. That, that's pretty tough, right? <laughs> what's wrong? And you'd be surprised how often they'll tell you what's wrong. Or sometimes, oh, nothing, but sometimes, oh, I got, you know, my head hurts, or I don't feel good, or I got this bad news, or whatever. And I, I find a lot of times when God's in it that I get usually way more than I thought I'd get. And, uh, <laughs> oh, never mind. I, I just wanted to shop. No. Um, if you ask someone what's wrong, be, you can't just go, you know, um, you know, I, we always need to be careful about that, all right? That's like that setup that we use, how are you, when we see somebody. We don't mean that because we don't want them to stop and tell us. We just want them to say, I'm fine, thank you, how are you? Fine, thank you, and you move along. It's, a, it's not a reality thing, right? It's a very normal, how are you, fine, how are you, fine? Because if, if you do that, how are you, and somebody starts to tell you, you're like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> That's not, I guess I didn't mean that. Um, so, so in this case, though, you have to mean it. All right? So don't ask it if you don't mean it. What's wrong? Something, everything okay? Is there something going on? That, that's how I say it. I don't always say what's wrong. You know, is, it, is, every, is it okay? Is everything all right? So sometimes I might just spark up a conversation, and that's all that needs to happen, is that in, in, throughout the encounter, I'm just kind and I listen. I don't know, but I've got to start somewhere. Okay. So, so that's what we do. And like I said, it's, you may feel really strong, something you know, that you know, or you find out what's going on. Second thing in this naturally supernatural prayer. This is something that you all need to work into your vocabulary. Six words strung together. Can I pray for you now? Can I pray for you now? With special emphasis on the now. Um, Jesus asked this guy, John 5, 6, do you want to get well? It's one of my favorite questions in the scripture. I ponder that question all the time. I think that it's, it's a... Uh, it's a foundational question and that there's extreme, uh, all sorts of things go with this particular question. Do you want to get well? It's the heart of everything. It's, it's, uh, we'll talk about this in our next series. I'm going to talk about what disciples do. And, and uh, uh, this, the answer to this question sort of changes everything in our lives. And it gets down to, you, do you want to get well? Uh, um, and uh, he asked that guy, do you want to get well? 
And the guy says, well, sure, but I don't have any friends. He goes into this whole thing, you know, nobody can get me there. But the, the question is, do you want to get well? And so, you know, when I say to people this whole thing, man, and these encounters go real quick. You need to know that. I'm talking about these things happening fast. Uh, is there something wrong? And they tell me, and I'll, I'll say, can I pray for you now? Um, and and in, in my way of saying I'm asking that question, do you want to see if we can get God to do something about it without saying that? Can I pray for you now? And, and you'll get varied responses. I always do. Um, sometimes it's yes, sometimes it's no, and sometimes they're very hesitant because they're not sure what that means. And so um, I sometimes clarify my prayer. Now, and again, when I tell you this, remember I'm saying this isn't how I would pray for you here in church. Um, if you came with prayer or if the ministry team was praying for you, they would take time with you. And I'm talking about, I'm at the Winn-Dixie and, and I feel like somebody's got an issue and that the Lord's prompted me on it. And so uh, I'll say, what, are you okay? And See if they answer me. Can I pray for you now? Sure. Or no. Or they get all kind of weird looking. And then I'll say this. I, I will pray for you. It will take less than 10 seconds and no one will know. It won't draw any attention to you no one to know. That usually settles them down um, because sometimes people are, um, think, they'll say no because they think it's about to be some big drawn out, everybody's going to know what's happening situation and they don't want any part of that. You know, maybe they're at work or they're just in a public place and they're private people. They don't want to be embarrassed. Maybe they have been or they, they think, you know, I'm going to start shouting and jumping up and down or something. And uh, <laughs> I wouldn't want that either. Right? And so I say, you know, I'll, I'll try and define it a little bit. Take less than 10 seconds and uh, we just pop in there and no one will know what's happening. I won't embarrass you and I'll define it like that very briefly. And so either, either they were yes in the beginning or they were hesitant and I push a little bit or it was definitely no and I tried to explain it and it's still no and then I just move my back away. Don't overstep it. If it's no, it's no. Don't worry about it. You know, it wasn't meant to happen. It's okay. Don't push it. Don't say anything. Don't be sarcastic. Don't, you know. Um, this life, you know this Christian life has a little rejection in it, right? Just so you know. <laughs> it's part of the deal. Okay. So you don't let that bother you. Sometimes it's just no, and it's okay. You never know when things will turn around or what might happen. And I've had lots of encounters with people where they severely rejected me initially. And over time, it was like when they went into something, they came looking for me. So you just never know what's going to happen. So um, if they say no, respect that and stop the process right there. You're done. Two steps in, you're finished. That's all you needed to do in that encounter. Okay. If they say yes, the, the third thing you need to know is their name. I think this is really important. I ask them what their name is. If you ask someone what their name is, you need to remember it for at least a minute or two. <laughs> and so, because <laughs> have you ever done that? Ask someone their name and, and it was like a how are you thing you didn't mean. And you let them say their name and you didn't. You, uh. So, and then, then you have to switch to some sort of generic form of not knowing their name, hoping they don't notice that you have no clue what their name is. And you just ask. So, so you, if you ask their name and remember, just say, okay, I've got to remember this name for, I don't have to remember it forever. You can blank on it right after you're done, but remember it for a few seconds. If you ask them their name, they'll tell you their name. Okay, good, you got their name. All right. Now, when you, when you go to pray for someone, I'm in step number four, by the way, pretty quick. I'm even teaching it quick. Um, when you pray for someone in this setting, you want to keep your eyes open. Um, we have some old prayer models that snuck in from somewhere that really, if you go through and watch people in the scripture praying, 
they almost never assume the position we pray in, which is like this, um, or like this. It's just not... Most time they're looking up at heaven, eyes wide open. They might be doing this, but we're going to limit some of that because of the embarrassment factor. But eyes wide open. And um, even when we pray in here, I, I teach our ministry team people to always pray with their eyes open because sometimes you actually see things the Lord is doing. Um, and that's a buildup in faith. But now we're, we're, we're doing a longer prayer at that point. But I keep my eyes open. And I say that uh, I sort of want to keep my eyes open naturally and supernaturally. In case I get anything real quick from the Lord or whatever. Remember, I'm, I've already limited myself to 10 seconds. And I'm not going to lie to these people I'm, when I mean it. If you can't do it in 10 seconds, tell them 15. But don't, don't tell them 15 and then take four minutes. I mean it. <laughs> you tell them, I'm, okay. Remember, this is out in the street encounter. Don't, not, if somebody comes to your house for prayer, not this prayer. All right? You sit down and then you find out what's going on and you listen for God and you pray for them. And maybe you, if somebody comes to church and needs ministry, we take time for that. We listen. And it's a much different situation. I'm talking about when you encounter people in the street. So you've got your eyes open physically and supernaturally. Then we're going to pray a naturally supernatural prayer. And I'm going to teach it to you in just a moment. We're going to pray a naturally supernatural prayer. Now, another thing has happened um, is that over time we've, we've come to think that somehow prayers need to be really long and have lots of words in them and that somehow if they're long enough and we get just the right words that that's what God's going to react to. And so we need to pray these really long prayers. But that's not the model that Jesus gives us in these encounters, nor the one that the disciples follow in the book of Acts. And, and uh, I, I, I'm going to show you so you know what I'm saying in this process. John 5, 8. Jesus' prayer for this man who was healed is, get up, pick up your mat and walk. Boom, done. In Mark 5, 41, he took her by the hand and said to her, Talathakum which means, little girl, I say to you, get up. But it was much shorter in, in the Aramaic, wasn't it? Talathakum. That was the prayer. That was the length of it. That was all of it. In Mark 7, 34, he looked up to heaven and with a deep sigh said, Ephathah, which means be opened. That was his prayer. Be opened. That was it. Be opened. Luke 6, 10. He looked around at them all and then said to the man, stretch out your hand. He did so, and his hand was completely healed. Four words, stretch out your hand. That was the extent of his prayer in that encounter. In Acts 3, 6, the disciples figured this out. Peter says, silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. That was the prayer. In the name of Jesus, walk. That's not real long, right? Now... Remember, I said in these encounters, you're looking for the direction of the Lord as you even start the encounter. So you have a faith level already, and he's already directing you. You've got to trust that he's in it. So you don't have to do a lot of this other, figure this stuff out. The Lord's in you. He's directing you. You're in an encounter. You're pretty confident. You've found out this person's name that you're remembering. And, uh, and you're getting ready to pray this naturally supernatural prayer. So here it is, and I even left it in your thing. The naturally super prayer is this. The answer to number three which you've asked and had to remember. The number three question was, what's your name, right? You start with their name. And then you say, in the name of Jesus. And then you fill in that blank for what the situation is. Be healed, be blessed, be encouraged, be set free. That's it. That's it. And if you don't think that's radical, I'm telling you, it's fascinating and it works. It's, it's an amazing thing. And that God's in the encounter. And that's it. You've, you've, you've impacted somebody in some way. Now, 
some of you will be shocked because something, is going, something will happen. Other times things don't necessarily happen right then, and that can cause us, you know, well, it didn't work. But you don't know how long it's going to take to work or what impact you have or what's going on. And the reality is the result isn't on you. It's not dependent on you. It's all on God. So he's either, he's either going to do it then or he doesn't. But you don't have to be anything other than I felt God was in it, so I prayed. And now God can honor that, and it's all good. And so it's, it's a very effective little prayer. Most times, as long as you've stayed personable and you're not putting a lot of pressure on anybody, at the very least, they're going to feel like somebody cares. And if all that happens out of this encounter is that someone feels loved, it's a plus. It's a win. Now, you, I think you'll be surprised how often things will happen. Little prayers like that, people with headaches will be... I feel better, or back aches, or this hurts, or that hurts. Some of it might be a deeply emotional thing. And if someone has, you know, if someone's into a real, really difficult spot, um, see, and I should clarify that a little, but if someone is like a, an emotional wreck and they just received the worst news of their lives, you can't use a 10-second prayer on them, okay? <laughs> um, it's just not kind. And so, you know, be, but for a lot of these things that happen, people just say, oh, this is happening, or that's happening, or I'm tired, I'm having a bad day, whatever. Boom, can I pray for you now? Sure. See, that you, can I pray for you now is more effective than I will pray for you. You know why? Sometimes we use I will pray for you as a catchphrase. I'll pray for you, and then we never do. Because we forget if something else happens. So, Can I pray for you now is way different, because you're about to pray. So we, we bring that into the situation. And so we just need to pray. Part of this thing is trusting in God and praying for people. And, and believing that things happen in the process. Now, point number six is an invite card. These little kits that I've been passing out to you forever in these neat little plastic pouches. They're on both foyers and the walls, and I would encourage you all to carry them around. This is what I do, and it's because of the scripture. John 5, 14, later Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, see you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you and take my invite card. No, he doesn't say that, but <laughs> I like to give him one of these after I prayed for him. I've only taken a few seconds of their time. And so I have these around, I'll pull one out, and I'll say to him, look, this is where I go to church, and, and if you are not going to church somewhere else, why don't you come sometime when you can and check it out and find out how much God loves you. And I'll be there, or anybody will be there if you need more prayer. I hand him an invite. I'm done. You know, and, and sometimes things have happened, you can tell. Sometimes they've just felt blessed. Sometimes, you know, maybe they don't think anything. It's okay. I, it's not, see, if I start thinking the results are on me, I won't be able to do this thing like I'm telling you to do it. I'll start sticking around trying to make something happen. But I, it doesn't matter. I mean, it matters to me, but it's not my job. All I have to be is the person standing there praying for people. Everything else is on him and what the Spirit's doing. And if I'm paying attention in the meantime, it means something in that encounter needed to happen. Either someone is stopping long enough to see that something was wrong or whatever and, and listening for that process. And so um, I give him the invite card. And I keep it that simple. I, don't, I just say, hey, this is where I go to church. And, and uh, you know, if you're not, and I, I say that too, if you're not going to church somewhere, because I don't want to mess with people going to church somewhere. If you're not going to church somewhere, there's all the times that we meet are on there. Come, come hang out sometime and, and find out how much God really loves you. Love to have you there. If you need more prayer, I'll be there. People there, we can pray longer over at the church. I, I often toss that in. I'm done. This thing has taken less than a minute most times from start to finish. You know, maybe two if I was asking them more questions, but not very long. And it gives me opportunities to pray for people where I may never have them. So if I just wait for opportunities to pray for people when everything's just right, there's not many of those. You know what I mean? Oh, I wish there wasn't so many people around, or I wish that I wasn't. Okay. Can I pray for you now? 
10 seconds. That prayer doesn't even take 10 seconds. It takes about four seconds. I'm giving you an extra six in case you forget it or you can't remember their name and you have to think of what you're going to put there. <laughs> or you just skip their name altogether and say, in the name of Jesus, be healed or be blessed or be encouraged or be loved or be at peace or be at rest. Or you, That's it. That's what you do. And it works. I mean, it's a, you'd be amazed how often it's, it actually works, but you have to do it. So um, the other part of this is that I want you to start asking God for these encounters. And he's faithful to start providing them. If you, if you would take time every morning and say, God, would you, would you let me encounter someone today who needs a touch from you? He will. And then just be willing and open when you do it. And if you miss, you'll miss some too. You'll, oops, I missed that. That's okay. Don't beat yourself up. Just say, I'm sorry, God. I'll get it next time. And uh, then you get the next one. And if they say no, it's okay. No, it's okay. It's not a, okay, fine. You know. So, so you just, okay, and you just back away quietly and just move out of it. And this is a really important part. I, my hope is, after all these weeks, that some of you will really embrace this. And again, we're out there, and we're, we're just looking for ways to bless people. And this is one, when they really need prayer. Sometimes, like I said, they might just need someone to talk to, different deal. All right? So, so this is just one type of encounter. Uh, you know, like, and it was a sort of the more of the healing type encounter. You know, Jesus took more time with people when that was required. And if the situation's available and someone needs to talk, you listen. Um... So you get it, but this is for that kind of encounter, and you'll find them happen a lot, and just be ready for them, and that's the simple little process that I like to call a naturally supernatural prayer. And, and you know, we, we, we come with our part, and God brings His. Next week, we're going to start a brand new series called Doing, and uh, I, I introduced, I talked to you about it last week a little. We did a series, a couple of series ago called Being, and, and uh, this one's called Doing, and we're going to use Matthew uh, as the foundation for it, the book of Matthew. And um, it's about what disciples do. Now that we've talked about, in the last two series were called Radical Living and Naturally Supernatural. Now that we've really talked about what this life looks like, now it's how, what we're supposed to do. What do disciples do? And um, we're going to talk about that in depth uh, over the next uh, couple of months together. And so that's that for this series, Naturally Supernatural. And I, I hope that uh, you'll take it to heart and apply it into your life. Um, if you're watching on video or on television, thanks for watching. God bless you. If there's anything we can do, we, we do what we can. We'd be happy to pray for you longer than 10 seconds. And, uh, and so let us know. But we're going to close here tonight with prayer.